I don't really know what's going on over there other than everybody's dumb. The instant you step out of line, you say something that they don't like and they don't like you personally, they're going to use all those pre-existing laws and they're going to use it on you. A woman exposed her male genitalia to women and underage girls. That's what happened. It's pure propaganda and it's super cringe, by the way. Um, <laughs> super, it's super cringe. There, ho there, hi there, Eric Butler, uopod.com looks better than ever. I can't share this story you posted with a tag of me. My screen's coming up blank, but rest assured we are live on Getter, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Twitch. And thank you for anybody listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Radio, if you're one of the I don't know, many seniors on iHeartRadio. Who knows? Maybe there's a big contingent in the United States that I don't know about that's on iHeartRadio. I just know up here in Canada, nobody listens to anything. Except for Can our I... loyal viewers this show. Um, Speaking of iHeartRadio, I actually had this revelation. Uh, not a revelation, but this thought uh, a couple days ago. Because I'm probably one of the few people in this entire country that still listens to the radio. I don't know why it's like a nostalgia mm -hmm. factor or I, I don't know. They usually say what's that? They usually say radio will never go out of style because it's a form of companionship. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. So if I'm if I'm driving to work, I listen to the radio. I listen to the oldie station. And I know that this is going to sound conspiratorial, but I have noticed a lot of commercials that are basically mm -hmm. normalizing heart issues now. Yes. They're, now, maybe it's because I'm listening to the oldie station and I think I'm older, like it's an older audience that, that will be listening to it. But they are running ads about if, if you're there. I can't I can't memorize them, obviously, <laughs> but I've heard several different commercials about um, heart issues and, and what, you know how to combat the heart issues that you might be dealing with. And I don't know if it's, if it's been like that um, the entire time and I just wasn't listening to the radio or if they are doing this in an attempt to make it seem like everybody's heart is just starting to fail. Because if you'll, <laughs> if you watch my story on Instagram right now, you'll see like five different reasons um, mm. why, why uh, your heart is, why you're having heart trouble and why you might have a stroke. Low low calorie ice cream, uh, smoking <laughs> weed, which smoking weed might do it. I don't know. Maybe smoking weed does uh, give you heart problems. I'm sure, you know, cigarettes and unhealthy stuff like that can. Um, but I encourage you, Instagram is really throttling me right now. And, and uh, you know, they, they're not, they, they are really not friendly to what I'm posting right now because it's true. Because you're a big. Not good. Because I'm Did a big you see guy. the clip where tucker carlson said that smoking free nicotine frees your mind um i did not see it but i heard about <laughs> very it very strange and, and i know that he likes you know he was at like a wasn't tucker at like a funeral for a hell's angel or something weird like that with yes. these motorcycle gangsters and he basically applauded them for still smoking cigarettes like i don't know some mm. sort of again nostalgia factor like because because Tucker notoriously chews, right? You see him out and about, and he has like a, a can dip, of chew a big in his fat pocket. dip in. Yeah, 
Um, so he was like applauding the old school bikers for continuing to smoke cigarettes <laughs> in this world of vape pins, I suppose. I don't know if cigarettes or nicotine freeze your mind. It gives you a head rush, but uh, maybe we should be careful. Today's episode is not immediately demonetized on YouTube. Thanks to anybody watching there. That's a nice landmark for us. Jimmy Kimmel apparently has a problem with Aaron Rodgers. Now, we'll play the clip in a second. Aaron Rodgers wants to see the Epstein client list. Now, for some reason, Aaron Rodgers reveals a lot of his, you know, political thoughts on a football podcast, the Pat McAfee podcast, and I believe that's where he did it. But the bigger part here is why does Jimmy Kimmel have a problem with this? So let's go ahead and see what he had to say. Wait, hang on. Before you say all this, you I'm sorry. I'm Uh sorry. Were we also noticing that a lot of these football players are doing podcasts now? Because wasn't Jeffrey Starr on a football player's podcast talking about the pronoun mafia? Do you remember that? I don't know. What's going on with the football Okay, was that on a football? Maybe that's... They're just figuring out there's another source of a million dollars they can make per year. But recently I was watching something on Barstool Sports because I like Dave Portnoy and a couple other guys. Very limited amount of people I like on there. Tommy Smokes. Shout out Tommy Smokes retweeting me a few times. Um, And they have these football players on and they're so arrogant because, you know, they're used to be used to being the most important guy in the room in a lot of rooms. And they come into this Barstool like retreat that they're having for the Super Bowl. And they don't follow any of the rules. They tell everybody if they have to shut up because they're doing a podcast. They told they said Dave Portnoy needs to be quiet. And it's like if you don't like it there, you can just leave. Like you'll be fine. But they're they've just all come across very arrogant. The hockey guys are very arrogant. Now these are big podcasts they have, like huge ones. One's called Spit and Chicklets is a hockey one that's really popular. One of the guys has his own alcohol brand. You ever heard of the alcohol called Pink Whitney? It's like a pink lemonade vodka, but that's from a hockey player. And these guys are very arrogant. I don't listen to any of those athletes podcasts. Now, Pat McAfee's always been an interesting guy. So that's probably why he is a very popular one. And it was after he retired, but uh, Aaron Rodgers goes on there and uh, he, he talks about this stuff, just like he talked about his uh, jab status and everything with Joe Rogan. So let's see what this is about. Jimmy. Talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay Whack Packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released, too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be... Uh, getting released pretty soon oh oh <laughs> might be time to revisit that concussion protocol Aaron <laughs> so that's obviously I'll st- state the obvious things is what do you why would you be opposed to an elitist you know trafficking list of people coming out Jimmy Kimmel it's not a conspiracy I mean he went to jail and died uh, <laughs> by however you want to think that it happened that's besides the point, but like this stuff all happened. He's like, Oh, it's conspiracy. And it's also okay to make fun of people's concussions. And it's like, this is, we all know why they're making, they want to make fun of Aaron Rodgers. 
even if you excuse the Epstein stuff, which is insane, it's because he didn't, and we're in the first few minutes here, so I want to be careful not to get demonetized immediately, but it's because he didn't take it, because he was alert it. It's because he was allergic to one of the ingredients. Um, the J&J one had just got pulled, and he explained all this on Rogan, that he was allergic to one of the ingredients in, in the main one, in the Pfizer one. So he took everything Joe Rogan suggested, which were, you know, obviously got him over it in three days, the Rona, and then he was fine. And then they tried to be like, he lied about it. He didn't lie. He told his whole team. He told his management. He told his ownership. He told the league. They all said it was okay, and they still called him a liar. And the reason is because he he recovered so quickly or sorry, he yep. didn't take it and he didn't need to take it. He didn't get sick. That's why they need to take him down because he didn't go through the conventional method and you have to take him down just like Joe Rogan if they don't go through the, the profiteering method. This is why Jimmy Kimmel has to come out on behalf of his overlords at ABC and Disney who obviously take lots of money from the powers that be, judging by how he speaks all the time. And his job is to smear him as a conspiracy theorist because an Epstein list is coming out. Like, where's the conspiracy there? Look, these well, obviously, okay, okay I guess I'm going to state the obvious, too. We live in the backwards, bizarro clown world where up is down, <laughs> left is right, man is woman. True. So, of course, the conspiracy is what, you know, what they're trying to cover up. So, we we know the guy went to jail. He died in jail. His white or girlfriend or whatever that weird uh mistress lady whatever uh what do you call oh, madam i should say she's <laughs> in jail now she's she's like um or she's like filing some sort of appeal or something and she's trying to get out and this is all it's all absolutely pathetic now of course they're going to go after him this is kind of similar to what we saw with kanye if you do one thing they're going to come after you forever right so if he he went against the narrative with the the pharmaceuticals so now he's on the radar and they're going to come after him forever and i always i've said this before but i always find it very strange that how him and you know old blackface kimmel we all remember you know Carl malone kimmel right with doing entire black body and his girlfriend his wife at the time doing blackface too and nobody really cares they don't get canceled he's still on tv every single night but i always found it strange that him and Adam Carolla just basically took completely different paths, right? Like something happened. There was a fork in the road and Carolla basically went, you know, whatever, Daily Wire, Prager, you, the blaze kind of like moderately based as the kids say route. And then <laughs> Kimmel just went, I mean, Kimmel just went full bore as, as if either there's going to be a, a, giant brown bag with a dollar sign on it passed to him every single night or they have some kind of actual dirt on him because the i mean look he could just stay out of it right he doesn't have to go on stage mm -hmm. and start bashing a guy on on a deep cut podcast who which one of his staff members was sifting through nfl podcasts just to pull that <laughs> and, and make a joke out of out of aaron Rodgers, right i mean you could have just stayed out of it and, and actually written comedy jokes for your audience but of course not you're going to turn it into a political hit job because aaron Rodgers, who's basically just a regular i don't know what is he like 40 now like he's he's just he's he's a 30, dude yeah, bro 40 yeah he's just a dude bro who's good at throwing a football did he retire yet i don't even know nope is he retired 
No, he's still playing. Okay, these it's crazy how these football guys. I mean, Tom Brady is 42, and I mean, football takes a toll. I don't know how you play so long, but anyways, um, he went out of his way to do this at the behest of, like you said, Disney, ABC, when he could have just ignored it, right? It, why did you have to do that? Because there's still some people out there, I guess. Like, do you, do you think if you, if we got a shot of the crowd in that audience, they're all still wearing a mask? Right. Because they're all still completely <laughs> brainwashed and they're still doing they're They're still jumping through the hoops. They're still trying to play whack-a-mole out there. They're still eating every little piece of establishment droppings that they that they throw at them. And it's it's just it's pathetic. So and I think I posed this question to you on Instagram. Um, I mean, which is worse? Is, is Kimmel doing this constantly? And then he goes on the air and cries and, and he plays the part. <laughs> Is he worse than Stephen Colbert, who does a complete song and dance? We all remember that, right? And then what was the other one? The other extreme? There was Colbert with the... Corden? With the, James Corden? No, no, not Is James that British Corden. British guy? I don't know anything. I mean, I know who you're talking about, but... Um, no, so oh, there was... Seth Meyers? No, 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 no. Hang on. There was... <laughs> Colbert and the pharmaceutical dance number. And then there was another one that was super cringe. Remember a couple weeks or maybe a month or two ago when you kept interjecting it into the episode? I forget. Oh, who that Jimmy was Fallon. Now. Jimmy Fallon. So who who's what, what did he do that time? It was another XBB point one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> how, could, how could I forget? How could I forget? So what what's actually worse? I think this this Epstein stuff might actually be worse because everybody can argue about the pharmaceuticals, no problem. But I think. What 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 was supposed to happen was everybody was supposed to agree that this Epstein guy was just I mean, not <laughs> to, to put it nicely, not liking Jeffrey Epstein was never supposed to be a conservative talking point. Right. A guy who notoriously look, I'm not going to get into the details of what he did. Everybody knows. But that would that should have been something that everybody could have agreed on. But somehow this man goes out of his way to pretend that Aaron Rodgers is a whack job because he wants to see the list. <laughs> and last thing here, everybody knows, you know, just as well as I know, just as well as Aaron Rodgers should know. And Kimmel obviously knows and is happy about, we're never going to see that. I see people with their status, their new little Twitter status things on Instagram. Show us the list. Where's the list? It's not going to happen. Don't hold your breath. Like, do you think for once they might put they're going to put somebody they hate on there? It's going to be Donald Trump and Kanye West are on the list. And that's it. <laughs> and everything else is going to be redacted. That's what's going to happen. Well, what I think happened with uh, Kimmel and Corolla back in the day, I used to like them both. Uh, I think they did the man show together. That was yeah. a time. But I think Kimmel just got this opportunity and the, the bag with the dollar sign reminds you of the Simpsons. Here's your bag with dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> and um i mean he gets his own show and Corolla's notoriously you know face for radio as they say and you can only <laughs> give one guy a talk show Corolla has been involved with radio for a long time and he had a successful radio show he also had um a radio show with dr drew and so i think when you get the opportunity to do a talk show a late night talk show a lot of comedians back then would have taken it. I mean, Fox had flirted with one, I believe, for uh, Conan O'Brien before he took the Tonight Show and then, you know, went back and went to TBS and everything. Fox has had talk shows. So I think for a really long time since the 60s, comedians have thought that having a late night talk show would be the best thing ever. You get paid tens of millions of dollars and you're interviewing, you know, interesting people all the time. And, 
and you're at the top of the food chain. Debatable. That's obviously that's obviously changed in in the last uh, 15 years or so. But when Jimmy Kimmel got his show, it was still 2007, 2008, I want to say. And you know, it still had the curtain was still down in front of the eyes of of America as to what this stuff is. But then, of course, as things happen. Uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel ends up getting talking points from Chuck Schumer about, you know, about stuff during Trump and Kimmel hates Trump more than anybody hates Trump for some reason. And all these things start snowballing and it basically becomes not about comedy. And if you look on your YouTube feed, maybe you're not signed in. Even the things that they suggest to you for news, half of them are from talk shows, you know, Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel all talking about political stuff or pharmaceutical stuff. And like, is this on one hand, it's not funny. It's not even funny politically. I mean, this is the funniest political podcast there is besides maybe um, who's the guy, <laughs> who's the big, the uh, big fat guy uh, that we all know and love. Who am I talking about? Mm, I don't Tim know. Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon might oh. be the funniest, <laughs> like basically political podcast there is um in of all time but we're right up there we're close second especially on getter number one podcast on getter by the way check the numbers and does this does this i'm sorry continue i was just gonna say and these people they're not funny anymore and they're not very well informed in politics so they're just talking mouthpiece because they can't get people to watch these other things anymore they can't get people to watch cnn anymore uh, Don Lemon is like your most entertaining factor on CNN. MSNBC is completely off the charts. And you'll notice that the Democrats who don't even really align with MSNBC for the most part, they only go on there now because they're the only people who are crazy enough to agree with their bad ideas. And then you've got um, like, like you've got like left wing sources as well that don't get as, as much traffic. Uh, besides like, like you can even say, I don't know how well the young Turks do, but comparatively to like Fox news, for example, like they're not up there. So the only people that still get these numbers have these built in audiences, you know, from Jimmy Fallon's, um, singing numbers, uh, James Corden, when he was on, he had this car pool karaoke stuff and Jimmy Kimmel doesn't really have that thing, but they have these built in audiences from legacy media, uh, late night. And, and people are still watching that there, but they still get a couple million views per, you know, hot video on YouTube. And these are the people they have to turn to. So it doesn't matter about comedy at all. They're just literally changing where the filtering goes down. Okay. It used to be CNN maybe, and it used to be, um, you know, Stephen Colbert, um, when he was on, uh, John Stewart or something like that. Maybe it used to be the Young Turks, whoever it used to be that was getting these talking points. They're sending them right to Jimmy Kimmel now. They're sending them right to Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert now. They're sending them, you know, to celebrity things now instead because people aren't watching CNN. And when you look at, uh, I was watching Kevin O'Leary on CNN this morning, the show CNN this morning, Don Lemon's show, he's back now. And Kevin O'Leary was just talking about how mostly New York city, New Jersey, California, they're not investable anymore because of their, their tax rates. And Don Lemon was the only one willing to listen to him without saying, Oh, it depends who you ask. It depends on the politician, blah, blah. And he's saying, it doesn't matter who the politician is. He was actually saying he respects people like Elizabeth Warren, which I don't. 
because of how hard being a politician is. And they wouldn't even listen to him. They would say, oh, it depends who it is. It depends who you're talking to and what you're talking about. And he says, don't kill the messenger. And I'm just presenting you the fact. But people don't want to watch CNN for this stuff anymore because of that. Because the two of the three hosts on there can't even listen to basic facts because it's coming from somebody who's criticizing something they believe in. So they have to go with an audience that doesn't actually think about the fact that they're being fed political messages. They just think this is a comedy show. This is what's top of mind for everybody. And this is how it is. And this isn't coming from a political angle at all. Meanwhile, it's carefully meticulous. And the last thing I'll say here to steal an Eric line of last point here is um, Bill Maher was talking the other day about how he gets um, every single year he talks about or he looks at resumes basically for new comedy writers on his show. And he says every single one of them has the same point of view because they want they act like this is the one point of view. And it's really tough to find comedy writers when they all think like they're all like progressive, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you said one thing there. Um, yeah, they're they're all zombie bots, right? Like the audience, they they can't they can't create um an independent thought. They can't critically think about what they're being fed, but it's also for these establishment people, just the fact that they say something makes it true. Right? So if they, if, if one of these people puts out a talking point, just the fact that they said it, that is enough to make it true. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, it will never get questioned because, well, if, if, uh, you know, CNN talking head. Now, okay, Don Lemon's, I guess, a little bit of a different case because they got they got really mad at him because he said Nikki Haley was past her prime, but they didn't get mad at Wajahat Ali for saying that Nikki Haley was a white supremacist, basically, right? So, <laughs> I guess the point I, the point I'm trying to make is just by the fact that one of these establishment hacks says something, that is enough for it to be considered true and for you to have to accept it. It gets no questioning. We do not have to explain it. Ask Katie Hobbs, right? She doesn't have to explain her platform positions because you're going to wear it either way. It doesn't matter. We're in control. And to bring it full circle, this whole comedy thing, it, it, you see last week's episode with Woody Harrelson, right? That is the, the, they, you saw the meltdown. You saw the media meltdown six, eight, uh, mainstream media publications. Oh, Woody Harrelson's pushing conspiracy theory debunked. Oh, how cringe. Oh, big yikes. Right. Because he's, he said one thing and I don't know too much about Woody Harrelson, but he said one thing that was a clearly a joke, but it, it resonated and it, it, it had a, a kernel at least of truth and they can't have that. So that's why you get all of these weird zombie fake comedy bots saying the exact same thing, spitting it at you because, like you said, they're getting their they're getting their talking points from on high somewhere. Whoever's writing that Democrat playbook that makes California and New York do the same thing every single week, it's the same people. They get their talking points, they do it, and then Woody Harrelson goes off the rails and makes one joke, and he he becomes the enemy, right? Like that's the that's the death of comedy like like you said this guy's looking at comedy resumes and it's not funny because every nobody has an an interesting point of view nobody's looking at anything from a different a different perspective because either they have truly been brainwashed and can't do it or they are scared and either way works for the establishment right so if they if their brains really can't comprehend why half of this stuff more than half of this stuff doesn't make sense 
or they know it doesn't make sense, but they have to toe the line because they're they're genuinely afraid, scared into submission. Both situations, boom, work for the establishment. Doesn't matter to them as long as you obey, right? And and shout out Chris Rock, I guess. I'm if I have time, I'll, I'll watch the thing. But apparently, he took shots at wokeness or something. So we'll see if that's actually true and if he's still a comedian, even though he 100% doesn't need to be. But look, these guys could probably all quit after five or six years, but they keep going because I don't know they're. They need the attention. They need the money. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't have to do it. He continues to do it. And um, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. Maybe you will. Okay, let's get to Russell Brand was on Bill Maher triggering some guy about him saying MSNBC is not really trustworthy. And again, MSNBC is getting all the top politicians these days, not because there's an overwhelming amount of people on msnbc it's just that they trust them more to toe the line somehow more than cnn who's gone in this slightly different direction of we can't kiss the ass of everything joe biden says anymore because all of our people who did that tanked like they didn't want to fire people at first go ahead well do you i'm genuinely curious do you believe that that these people, that these talking heads or even these comedians, do you think that they actually believe they're adults? They can't actually believe this stuff. They just know that they're playing the part. Right. So in your opinion, do you think they actually believe it or is it just an act? MSNBC, especially, I don't think they believe it. You look at people like Joy Reid, who has said racist things before um, or uh, I actually I take that back. I believe it was anti-gay thing. She said, and she said, somebody must've hacked me. That wasn't me. And so she's, you know, she's race hustling. Uh, Joe Scarborough has just gotten increased. He goes where the wind goes. Um, he claims to be one of those conservatives like Anna Navarro. So MSNBC specifically, I don't think they believe it. I think they, Anna Navarro the, though, I think they're a Come. cult of personality over at MSNBC. I think they, they go where the wind blows and they're just so anti-Trump. Um, that they that they're going to say whatever they can to get these ratings. They're meant to be their purpose is to be, you know, a little bit extreme. Whereas CNN, but, I think they think they're doing great journalism. And I think that they're exposing the powers that be. And I think that, like, if we talk about people like Chris Cuomo and um, Brian Stelter, who aren't there anymore, who got fired because they suck. um I think that they thought that they're great journalists and whether they actually believe everything they're saying I'd I'd wager that Brian Stelter thinks that you know something people being mean is harmful. I wager that Chris Cuomo is such a dumbass that he thinks that he's doing a great job and like you know he's really helping uh, the people when he's talking to them. But when has now we can talk just really quick before you play the clip. I swear, super quick. Joe Scarborough, Joe Joe and Mika, right? That's their yes. morning Joe, correct? Now I will say. He, at one point or another, has like said something that could be considered mildly conservative. Fair enough. He's obviously an establishment shill hack loser, but he has said some things that you could consider, you know, establishment conservative, like, you know, George W. Bush type conservative. But what has Anna Navarro ever, what has she ever done or said that is even remote? Like, she just said one day, I'm a Republican, yeah, and then just, she just like, she's registered never registered as Republican. Yeah, but what, what, what point has she ever conveyed that was even remotely not the establishment left wing talking point in anything? 
nothing. She's a person that obviously somebody said we will get it, you're mildly involved in politics, register as a Republican, and we'll say that you're a Republican and we'll have you on our shows. I mean, it's a pretty okay. easy job, frankly. I'm Republican, I'm Latina, therefore I am checking two boxes off for you that you can say you have somebody on. It's like the person on the five who's supposed to be left wing and then but they're not really, they're just extremely like they're a person who's been in politics for a long time, so they're willing to play the game. Juan the woman they have on now that used to be on CNN is the most left wing they've ever had, but she's still not even like hardcore left wing. She just wants to be, she just wants to work for the Democrats and probably has and does. And therefore will say the talking points because the people that they always have, you know, remember Juan Williams, they're, they're pretty much usually normal people. It's just that they get paid from a certain angle and they just defend like literally the policies and the talking points of the party. Other than that, like you can tell that they're reasonable people. That's what I think. Uh, did you say Caitlin Collins? Yeah, she sucks. She sucks bad. But uh, <laughs> Russell Brand on um, Bill Maher here. John, I've not known you long, but mm. I love you already. But I have to say that it's, <laughs> it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. <laughs> and, and unless we start to embrace... And, and also, mate, like, just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you, on there. You, I went on a show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried <laughs> Good on. Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American. American people, and I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend, make my MSNBC better. Make friend, MSNBC friend, great my friend, again. My friend, I would love. <laughs> I would. The moment the moment. Fight them on a territory right. you can win on, Joe. Well, Russell, Russell, darling, um, the moment that you give me a specific example. An actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Wait, just wait. Wait, wait, wait. Just we need a specific example. How about... Wait, 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 let me tell you what the specific example I'd like to hear of. I'd like to hear a specific example, approval specific example, of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television, saying something they knew was false, and were saying behind the scenes to people, this is... I'm about to go out, and we know... That we know that the election wasn't stolen You've or something equivalent, but I will go. I but I will go saying. out. But I will go out on television and say the okay. opposite. I will lie. When's I'll, my answer? We, we give, just give me a. Give me the specific example. I understand. Okay. Basic okay. Give me a specific I, I, example. I, 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 all, right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a no, it's I, not. I, that's I, your I, own biases. It's a false equivalency. It's, it's not I, about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about, uh, even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, it was more than enough. With, you can't come up with such a You don't have a single, you have a single actual no. fact. Do you want an example? Do yeah, you yeah. want an example? Yeah. And unfortunately, it cuts off there. You don't know anything about these organizations, except he does a podcast every single week. I get the alert on my phone for some reason from Rumble, because Rumble's is like that for some reason. He goes on, a, he does a podcast every single week talking about the news about CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, all these news companies. You don't know anything about it. He just 
he just says this to defend MSNBC, which, of course, you know, Rachel Maddow, the taxes, they were going to be huge. Do they know that they're lying? Um, how are you going to prove that? How are you going to prove that that's, somebody? That's the catch. That's exactly the catch. That was the point. Well, no, that was just the point that I was going to make is like he said, when, give me an example of one of these MSNBC hosts saying something they knew was a lie. And that's the catch, because all you can say is I didn't know it was wrong at the time. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's this guy. I I thought I saw a clip, though, where he does give the examples where it goes a little like I didn't see that beginning part. I saw the end part where he actually did give the example and I forgot what it was now. But we all know they completely lie or they do what we uh what you could call technically the truth, you know, where it's the, mm-hmm. the framing is really weird. Like um, like they'll do, you know, like uh, Donald Trump said on Tuesday that. He was going to make a, or you know what I mean? They'll throw in like one qualifier. So then that makes it untrue. So it makes the entire statement. It's it's very weird. It's very manipulative. I can't think of a perfect example right now. So I'm glad I'm not up there with that weird MSNBC guy (laughs) because I don't have an example at the moment. But I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Like we're too eyeball deep in it. There's not, you can't even, I mean, when is a, like we every single time we look at one of these stories, it's always taken with a grain of salt. When is the last time you re, uh, looked at any story from any outlet and just been like, oh, yeah, this is they've done a perfect job. And like, I fully trust them. There's a couple outlets that are better than others, obviously, but everything has been tainted. Every single thing. There's it's all a game. It's all manipulation. It's all propaganda. There's no way for you to actually know what's going on unless you spend hours a week in this stuff trying to decipher, you know comparing articles and all sorts of all sorts of things and you still don't know and that's because the these journalists these corporate media journalists are pretending just like the politicians do that they're not humans right and that's why everything's so corrupt they're pretending like well we're journalists and we stand up for the truth no you don't you have a bias you're a human being just like the politicians right like oh well we just this is public service we just want to help the people until you know uh, you get some backdoor deal to cut with some weird pharmaceutical company and then all of your your weird your your pretend morals i should say just get thrown out the window so there's no there's no possible way i don't know if that's just like a a black pill thing but there's no way out of this bro like we're and especially in a place like new york or california the political regime there's so I mean, it's it's just rotten from the inside out. There's no fixing it. I'm sure you guys in Canada probably are. It, it's it's over. We're just riding it out to the end now, bro. There's no <laughs> Donald Trump could come in. Nothing's going to change. It's not going to matter. I tried to find Trump's CPAC speech for like 20 minutes yesterday on YouTube, and they just won't show it. There's like fake ch- like youtube showing and pushing to the top of fake cnn channel called like cnn live dash 18 that my friend said used to be called india live 18 or something like that they just didn't want all they sh- would show is people analyzing the speech they just didn't want you to actually see what trump actually said it was crazy it was some of the worst censorship i've seen and we've seen a lot some of the worst i've seen in a long time and uh, well point, i mean you gotta remember Mm-hmm. I mean, they took they took the sitting president off of social media, right? Like, so of course they. I mean, they don't want because. I, I mean, that's that's it. They took they they wiped him clean off Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything, YouTube, because he because because of January sixth. So of course, like they don't want they don't want that message getting out, even though. 
even though it's not no, obviously nothing he says is extreme they're not they're not worried about the extreme nature of it they're going to tell you well he's he's a, a, a violent extremist and he's going to you know push conspiracies and lies but really his ideas just might not be that bad and they don't want you to hear that's why i get censored on instagram if i make a post about them legalizing sex work in new york and then it turns out that most of the sex workers are illegal transformers then they say no we don't want that message we don't want that getting out so they i mean they still have their hand on the scale and i mean i will go we'll all go down swinging i certainly will but it's the point is moot the powers are is is too strong bro. i don't maybe that sounds really dark but there's there's no way out of this bro no way out by puff daddy and the family oh we're on opposite sides there uopod.com has a new front facing page you can check it out please subscribe on youtube uh to our instagram pages twitter and of course um on getter and you can also listen on all streaming podcasts uh platforms all the ones you've ever listened to anything on which are apple google spotify and iHeartRadio. Please leave us a review. Please share everything. Please share this on Parlor. Please share this on Twitter and YouTube. Help us grow. We're growing as we speak. I can see it. And we're going to be having special content coming up in the coming weeks. Eric is coming to Canada and he's afraid of the snow. I sent him a video the other night and he's really afraid. I had to shovel a lot yesterday. So please, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, that will be having extra content. As soon as he gets here, and now we're going to move on to a story about, you know, how hard it is to be a, an equestrian who's black in Canada. <laughs> this is from the New York Times, and they're banking, Eric, on people just not knowing about anything here in Ontario, Did you pay Canada. For this? Did you get behind the paywall? No, it's just, I guess, when you do um, a private browser every once in a while, it'll, it'll allow you to oh. look at stuff. Pay for the New York Times. Unbelievable. <laughs> The only thing I'd pay for, Eric Butler of TatumReport.com, is signing up for Blaze Media, where you can read read my articles every single day. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, this podcast. Black equestrians want to be safe, but they can't find helmets. For black riders, (laughs) black is capitalized, of course, by the Associated Press and Canadian Press. Um, Are they doing it for white, too? I don't think so. For black riders with natural hair, which of course doesn't make any sense, finding a helmet that fits can be virtually impossible. Some are trying to raise awareness of the problem, but manufacturers say it's not a simple fix. So if you want to tell me that natural hair is braids, then you are a liar. (laughs) Braiding your hair is not its natural state. If you're going to say an afro is natural hair or curly hair of some kind is natural hair, yes, 100%. But one, on one hand, braiding is not a natural thing that your hair just, just doesn't grow into braids. But telling you, telling people that they're racist for not having a helmet that fits your hair doesn't make any sense at all. What, number one, why don't you create your own company if there's such a demand for it? Or you're saying that this company has to customly make helmets that fit a small percentage of people or else they would. Maybe there's a huge gap in the market and you could take advantage of it. Otherwise, you're just being an idiot. So this person, of course, it's written by a white lady named McKenna Oxenden, unless her, you know, um, black and white picture. No, that's a white lady. Am I fair to say that's not a black woman? That's Eric that's, named McKenna Oxenden. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a white woman. But 
Thank you. Need to check with you first there. Chanel Robbins has been riding horses for a few years, and we don't even need to know much about this because she's in Ontario. She's not far from where I'm from, and I can tell you this is all a lie right up front. Chanel Robbins has been riding horses most of her life ever since her grandmother traded a cow for their family's farm in Ontario. Okay, point number one, Eric. If you have a farm in Ontario, Canada, you're not poor. That's so much land that if you wanted to, you could sell it for tens of millions of dollars right now. So number one, you are at least by way of your net worth about the land you own, owning a farm where she lives in Ontario, you are not poor. So right away, she's not underprivileged at all. Galloping through the fields on her pony. And this is, of course, a Seinfeld reference you'll get, Eric. <laughs> I had the pony. <laughs> we had a pony <laughs> star offered an escape from thoughts that weighed on her that she didn't have a relationship with her biological parents, for instance, or that she was the only black girl in the neighborhood aside from her sister. <sighs> about eight years ago, she connected with her father, a native of Jamaica. This has nothing to do with anything about helmets. Black equestrians have long felt virtually invisible in a sport that remains overwhelmingly white for those with natural. And there hair, it is. Many... Lowercase W capital. Oh, there B. it is. Yes, that's the beginning of a sentence, but we know they used it with a capital earlier. And then right here it is again. Which for many is a declaration of pride and black identity. Eric is not styling your hair at all. Do you take pride in your black identity if you don't style your hair? Do you take pride? Wait, what? Do you take pride in your identity by not styling your hair? Yeah, that if your hair is in its natural state, which is for many a declaration of pride and black identity, is oh, that do you agree? God, yeah, no. This is pathetic. <laughs> Can, th look, let's okay. continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, finding a helmet that fits properly can be nearly impossible, creating yet another barrier to full inclusion. You know where else you can't have a a helmet that fits properly if you have like an uh, if you're a ginger white guy with an afro hockey. But they still do it. They still cram it in there. Football players all the time have dreadlocks. Ricky Williams and Al Harris were guys I remember back in the day. But now tons of players have dreadlocks underneath their helmet. It's probably not Which most was, comfortable. But they jam it in there. I thought that was weird. Because then you, it could get pulled too, right? Like exactly. You don't want and you're that. allowed to tackle somebody by their by their long hair in the NFL. You're allowed to. Sorry. Um, some people get dreads pulled out. It's another barrier for inclusion because only black people can have long hair. Some now are lobbying for change. Mindful that horseback riding is among the leading causes of sports related traumatic brain injury. The helmet companies say there isn't a simple fix. So here she is looking so poor. She's so poor in her stable with a pony. Well, and we'll get to in, that. in, we'll get to in their defense, though, Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm going to defend the New York Times. I defended Don Lemon a couple of weeks ago, but in their defense, they never said she was poor. You kind of put that on there, right? Like I know, they didn't but say the, she was poor. The idea is that they've set it up that she is somehow oppressed in some way because her helmet isn't fitting for her and it's non inclusive. And the idea that a person in Ontario who whose family owns a farm and is an equestrian. There, you have no problems in your life. Yes, you can have personal problems. She didn't have a relationship with her father. Um, a white kid, a black kid, whoever it is, they can have personal problems in their life. But to say that she is particularly oppressed because helmets don't fit her, this is such a... She could afford in Alliston, Ontario, where she is from, 
where a three, four bedroom house goes for $1.2 million because I checked this the other day. Your life is fine. You can afford to have a custom helmet made for you. If you think that it's this grave injustice, you know, if I play a sport, if I play hockey, which is, which I didn't because I was actually poor growing up, (laughs) couldn't afford to play hockey. Um, if, if I played hockey and I needed custom goggles because my vision isn't good to play or a custom visor that has um, a prescription in it, and I'm a 13-year-old, or in this case, an older kid, I don't know how old she is, but let's say 20, you can afford to have this custom made for you. I could afford to have this custom visor made for me for four or 500 bucks because I'm a rich kid from Ontario who, whose family owns a farm and could afford to be a horseback rider. It's this insane thing. There, this isn't, you know, a situation where we're talking about basketball or soccer, where lots of poor people all around the world are playing this sport. The barrier to entry for equestrian in Ontario is being a rich kid. And it, just like it is for hockey you might be benefiting from some program for equipment or something but our family owns a farm eric i want to express this very uh very much so that there is no like woe is me when you're owning a farm in alliston ontario where you your house is worth millions of dollars your land is worth tens of millions of dollars and you're horseback rider Yes. So around 2015, when she started teaching riding lessons, so she's been able to ride horses enough to where she's a riding teacher and people are rich. Parents are paying her to teach their their daughters how to ride horses. Um, She found herself having to tell children they couldn't ride if there was no helmet that fit properly, which you would have to do with everything. In 2021, she started a hashtag saddle up helmet on to call attention to the problem. Just design it. And the person they're talking about here is named Miss Gooch, I'd like to point out, which is a hilarious name. Miss Gooch, everybody. People are different. Hair is different. This just enrages me, Eric, because houses are so expensive here, so much so that I that I wish it was very easy to move to the United States. And we have a person complaining that their helmet doesn't fit when they're in the, one of the richest places in the country owning horses up teaching horseback riding owning a farm all this stuff and you know they get an article in the new york times about them about woe is me you know what i mean yes because because as we know the victimhood is currency they need something to play to be a victim like you can't just you can't just say you know nobody in this weird establishment you know, mainstream media cult, cult, <laughs> I guess. Nobody <laughs> there is ever going to say, you know what? I just made some bad decisions and you, nobody's ever going to be truthful there. You, you, okay, let me let me back up. Nobody's ever going to say, you know what? I've actually had it pretty good and I, and I made a couple bad decisions and that's the reason why I'm not hugely successful right now. They're always going to find something. So they have to fish, right? We see it all the time. Like, I wish I could remember something else like, they're constantly fishing for a reason to be angry. So in this, I mean, this is a reach, bro. You're right. You're 100% right. I just thought it was funny how you were just saying how rich she was when they never actually said she was poor. But I get, I understand the concept. I see what you're saying. And that's my point is that they just have to find something. There's, if, if there's no grief, if there's no strife, if there's nothing to complain about, then there's no... There's no drama. There's nothing we can ask for. There's no attention on me. And then it's just it's just up to me to 
to to be to be successful, I guess, which it sounds like even though she didn't have a helmet that fit, she was still able to do because she ended up being a teacher. And I would venture to say, I cannot prove this, but I would venture to say that if some company out there started making helmets exclusively for black women or black men, I guess they would be called racist because it's a catch 22. It's always damned. If you do damned, if you don't, could you imagine if some company came out and like said, we're making helmets for unless, unless of course it was, you know, an, an approved black owned business. Yeah. Yeah. An approved black owned business. But if, if a save her mom, if she was adopted by a white family and her mom came out with a, a line of helmets for black girls with natural hair, which I don't know. I'm not in a question. I don't know anything about. I don't know how different it would be. It would have a hole in the top so your braids could come out or whatever it is. They would be immediately condemned as being as being racist or, or culturally appropriating. So it doesn't even matter. Right. Even if you if you fix the problem, then they're going to find a new problem. And this is just in the middle where. They just have to they have to find something to complain about. And it's it is really pathetic. It is. It's disgusting. Well, it's just it's a non story. And they make it uh, on the face of it. I mean, imagine you were doing a, my hockey gloves don't fit my large hands. Like, oh, no, deal with it. And then this is my hair doesn't fit my helmet in my expensive sport. Deal with it. And then this paragraph here completely blows out the racial argument. Isabella Tillman, who wears hair in her natural buoyant curls. So are you saying only black people have curly hair and there's no non-black women who have curly hair that makes the helmets uncomfortable? Of course you can't say that. But they they can't have this as the lead story. They took one of the opinions of the 12 girls they said they spoke to and, and made it about race. And then the, like one of the women they speak to is 29. And like, I'm not going to feel sorry. I'm just not going to feel sorry for a 29 year old Eric who says their helmet is uncomfortable in an in a expensive sport. And I guess here is what the United States Equestrian Federation says. It says it does not require its half a, nearly half a million members to disclose their race, and only about half do so. Of those, 90, nearly 92% are white, with black riders only making up 0.5%. So that's like five, I don't know, less than one of every hundred people. Yeah, but so what, right? I mean, look, this one's easy, because quite <laughs> obviously, you know, NFL, NBA, nobody complains. Nobody complains that there's not enough white people. Nobody complains that there's not enough Europeans, even though they seem to be taking over the uh, the Joker and and um, Luca, right? <laughs> These you know European guys are basically taking over. And uh, look, there's a, they because the NBA is what like seventy five or eighty percent black. I mean, they can't oh, keep man. using this argument and expect people oh, only half a percent. So what? So what? Who cares? It's just it. I mean. It is what it is. There's another story I saw a couple days ago about how um, black people aren't they're they're embarrassed to go to get mental health and they don't want to talk to white doctors and not enough black doctors. And it's just like, bro, you guys have to stop complaining about every single thing, but they won't. They won't. It's a pretty succinct statement. Um, <laughs> he's Eric. Um, sue him for his racialized comments. Um, the, the last story we'll get to here is keeping with some pop culture stuff today is um, DJ Envy, I believe, from uh, the, the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, yeah. Angela Yee. You've probably seen Hillary Clinton be on them. You've probably seen a bunch of politicians and rappers and celebrities go on there. 
Uh, he gets offended Kamala. sometimes. This Camel A. Harris. Um, <laughs> this guy, I've seen him get offended before. I've seen him get offended by some by two comedians making fun of his wife in a very vague manner. Um, but it's they Angela used to be Yee funny too. Yeah, Jesus and Miro, yeah. who you're talking about, who are making fun of him, they used to be funny. They used to be. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen a more. I have never seen a more transparent. Because I followed them when they were nobody, bro. Like when they they had a little uh, their own little YouTube channel. No, you know, getting maybe a thousand, couple thousand views, perhaps. I'm I'm talking like almost a decade ago. And I have seen no more transparent transition from independent, like kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, free thought, like stream of consciousness, almost like we're doing here to completely um, establishment control hack shields. But it's not I, I totally forgot about that situation. Um, and it's not really about them. But of course, the Breakfast Club has come up. I mean, look, they were good at the job, right? Like, I mean. They have dozens upon dozens of incredibly viral clips. Birdman going on there saying all tree of y'all and uh, crossing his arms. Kodak Black wearing the, the ski mask. Um, Kanye West yelling at uh, Charlemagne the God. Uh, no, Kanye yelled at Sway. But Kanye and Charlemagne also had another thing. Uh, Charlemagne doing weird stuff with, when J-Lo was there. I mean, obviously Hillary Clinton, Kamalto um dr umar that weird kind of like sometimes he makes sense sometimes he's a he's a black <laughs> supremacist guy i mean the list goes on and on and on these the, they they were probably 97 percent controlled and then three percent of the time charlemagne would say something that actually made sense and angela basically claims that she was getting in trouble for the couple times that charlemagne went rogue and then went off into a tangent about how she was the only woman working on the entire show like oh she was the only host she was the only female host but we also we're also told that we don't even know what a woman is maybe charlemagne today can pretend to be a woman right so <laughs> none of their arguments uh make make any sense and ye is basically she's leaving the show and she's trying to go out with a bang she's trying to get some clicks on her new show and nobody mm. for one split second i think would believe and and she's also been called she's been called out by Lil Mama by the way, which another incredibly viral clip of Lil Mama on the Breakfast Club. But um, well, what did she nobody exactly say in their, here? What what did Ye say or what? Yeah, we haven't talked about what she actually said yet. So she said so, that she was she was the only woman. She said to another talk show host that she was the only woman working on the show. And DJ Envy says that's not true. Okay. Well, can you scroll up just a... Actually, I, I have it pulled up here. DJ Envy has called out former co-host Angela Yee over claims she made about being the, quote, only woman working on The Breakfast Club during... Uh, wait, now I'm reading from your screen. I'm reading from my screen, sorry. Uh, during her time on the show. His statements came after Yee's recent interview on the Tamron Hall show began making rounds on social media on Friday, March 3rd. During the interview, Yi was asked about being held to task for misogynistic statements made by her male co-host on the show. So that's the first thing is that she says she's the only woman and she's taking the blame for misogynistic statements, which, of course, misogynistic statements is just anything that, you know, if you say, oh, well, only women give birth, that could be considered misogyny. Right. <laughs> so that's just that's that's in the wind completely. But my thing here is. Nobody in their right mind, 
is going to believe that a powerhouse mega show in New York City, the flagship, I mean, for a time, rappers had to go there, right? Like now it's different a little bit with Spotify, but in the past, you know, in the past 10 or 15 years, if you were going to have a career in the music, in the herb, quote unquote, urban, you know, rap, hip hop, whatever, you had to go there. You had to get booked. Otherwise, you weren't really, your career was never really going to happen. So they were incredibly influential. And that mega, that mega show, nobody in their right mind is going to believe it took at least two dozen people to run that show. At least. Nobody is going to believe that there was not one other woman on that entire staff. It's just completely, it's completely outlandish. We're talking about New York where they come up with quotas. They come up with diversity hires. They do this stuff you know, just to wedge all of this diversity stuff in your face. Nobody in their right mind is going to believe that she was the only woman working on that show. She was the only female host. But do you don't think there was a, a camera woman, a, a boom mic, an editor, something? There was definitely another woman on that show. And she plays the well, victim card. I mean, I read this. I did a video on this, so that's why I'm like very, very familiar with the story. But she claimed also that, you know... When you're the only woman in the room, it's very hard. And there's if there's no other women there, then they don't understand where you're coming from. And that's the card that they always they constantly play, right? Is if you don't have a uterus, you can't have an opinion. If you're not a doctor, you can't have an opinion. If you're not a scientist, you can't have an opinion. And that's what Yi is trying to do here is like, well, there was I was the only woman and and when I was in a room with all men, they didn't know how tough it was. They can't they and look, yeah, of course, because she's She's admitting that men and women are different, which, of course, goes against the entire establishment narrative <laughs> that they're not. So um, this story, it, look, it's pop culture nonsense, but I just hate to see these people constantly. And this does kind of tie in with the last story. It's just them looking for a victim card. Now, she probably has a little bit more of a reason because she needs to get clicks on her new show. So she's, you know, throwing her mm -hmm. old coworkers under the bus to get some clicks. But it's absolutely pathetic. It's absolutely despicable. That they can't. This woman is insanely successful. For more than a decade, she's been a host on the show. She's not struggling, right? But she still has to complain about something. That's the point. Um, did you see to keep up with with that sort of thing? Did you see that the Toronto Raptors um, issued an apology for a women's International Women's Day, I guess, uh, video that they made? So what happened was that they. And I see that my quality is bad on the stream. I'm sorry for that, everybody. I don't know. I, I've canceled the subscription to this is platform. Mine, is mine okay? Yours is good. Yours is good. I don't know why. It's this Canadian internet. Mine is coming in and out as I You're look You're hardwired, though, right? You're not on Wi-Fi. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the Toronto Raptors here, and I'll bring it up now. Um, they did a post for International Women's Day. And Two what they did views. is... Couple of their players said that women are the only ones who can give birth, which of course is illegal to say. We'll watch it right now, and uh, we'll tell you what happened after. Girls run the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. That was it, Eric. That was literally it. All women are queens. They're the only. They the only ones that can give birth. NBA Central reports, and I believe is that an official account um, featured on ESPN Fox. It's not, but it I don't think. But it's a quote from the Raptors organization. Raptors issue an apology for posting this video for Women's History Month. Our sincerest apology to our players, our staff, and our fans, and we work will work 
to do better today and every day after because they said that only women can give birth. Let's play it again. It was pretty quick. Girls were in the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All. That's the point, Eric. They're the only ones that can give birth, and they birth everybody. These guys clearly are in a locker room. They've been playing basketball their whole lives. They don't have time to pay attention to the stupidity in the world. And they dared to say <laughs> that, um, you know, a woman's the only one who could give birth. And they give birth. Wrong. Wrong, Eric Butler. Men can give who birth Who actually too. complained about this? I don't know. That's the thing. But for them to cuck like this, I was going to, the Raptors have been doing great lately. I was going to cover, or I was going to watch them in the playoffs. I can't do it now. If you're going to, if you're going to rescind, you know, your statement that women are the only ones that can give birth as an organization, I can't support you. I'm sorry. There's other sports. Baseball hasn't let me down yet. Uh, There's too many guys from communist countries there. They didn't take the knee. UFC, I don't think will ever let me down. And soccer, sometimes I've, passively pay attention to that they actually there's certain people that kneel there's certain ones that don't there's certain racism that happens whatever it's a world sport but now the nba i was sort of you know like you know the whole the whole year of blm the blm season the raptors are doing good i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna watch in the playoffs and now i can't now people i just can't dude i can't be like oh it's great it's great of you that you said that uh, you take it back to say that women are the only ones that can give birth. I can't watch hockey. I can't yeah. watch hockey. They have a diversity team now that says, you know, everything should be transgender. I'm waiting for the next transgender Wayne Gretzky. I really am. Well, Maybe Dwayne Wade's son will go to hockey. Well, here's the thing. A, like I said, who who complained? Who there, It's not a basketball fan. Do you really think that it's a you know, 30 something man who, you know, might be betting on sports or just like, you know, a, or a college athlete who, you know, did, you, you know what I mean? A real, a, a real hardcore basketball fan, somebody who actually played maybe organized ball, obviously not good enough to get into the league, but you know, a real, a real basketball player is sitting there like, Oh, oh how dare that? No, somebody found this just like uh, Kimmel's people sifted through an NFL podcast to find something to be mad about. Somebody found this, and re- and that's a, been a recurring theme of this episode. People have gone out of their way to complain about something, and they shouldn't. They just shouldn't have. You you don't celebrate Women's Month. How about that? You should have just ignored quote unquote Women's Month if you're going to pretend that a man is a, a man is a woman because none of these things ever line up with each other. They can't. They don't. But they continue to wedge. They continue to shove a square peg into a round hole, and it just doesn't work. And they they think that you're stupid. And who who what Raptors fan is now like? Oh well, thank you for that apology. I feel so much better. I was going to buy season. I, I, I was going to cancel my season tickets, but now that you apologize, I'm going to go. Like, it's all it's all absolute, complete nonsense. Well, it's the same thing as when that hockey player didn't come out for the pride uh, night thing. And it's like literally nobody cares, especially in a city like Philadelphia, who has some cut, uh, cutthroat fans. But I digress. And, uh, you know, another week in the books, Eric, we're almost at 100. We've got our new landing page up that everybody can go enjoy at uopod.com if they need to see where all of our links are. We've got our YouTube. You can even preview it on Spotify and uh, and YouTube, should you so want to. There's the last week's episode about Woody Harrelson. 
There he is looking cool with your girl from Arizona. So uopod.com. Cartel Katie. That's right. I don't, I'm interested. We need to follow up on that, I think. We'll be back. We're going to get some guests for the next couple weeks, I think. Eric's going to come to Canada in, I think, 30 days or so. And we're going to have a lot more content. uopod.com, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. Subscribe. Give us that heart thing. Give us a review. Share our podcast on all the video platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Eric, closing thoughts. What's your final thought, uh, Jerry Springer? Buy my book. New York City 2020 Gotham Unglued is still out there. It gets better with age. I promise you that. Relive that insane... (laughs) That insane year that was 2020, I, it still haunts me. Go buy that. Amazon. Turn it up, George.